When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another episode of Courtside Fracker. I'm joined by two members of the Courtside Fracker team who we don't get to see as often as we'd probably like to. But now the playoffs have started, I have a feeling we'll be seeing them a bit more often. I'll start with you, Dissy. How's it going? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Enjoying enjoying the playoffs. Yeah, it's been fun to watch. Minus these weird kits, these weird jerseys, <laughs> I say. It's been the game's gone, time. man. The game... Yeah, the game's gone, man. You, you came to the recipes. <laughs> recipes. You came to the playoffs for us, but you, you, you're staying for CP3. I love to see it, man. And we got a Miami Heat fan, Shaq. How are you doing, Shaq? I'm good. I'm good. You know, just enjoying basketball. Like, you know, my team's going to probably take it all. See what happens. What team is this? Your team's out. Pardon? Your team's out. Bro, I've, I've been a native, bro. What are you talking about? Oh my days, you're sick of it. For those of you who are listening and not watching, he's pulled out a Allen Iverson era 76ers shirt. Yeah. That's that like classic hardwoods, bro. What are you talking about? You're I've sick. Oh, Shaq, you're, you're amazing. Like, you know, so yeah. Me, me and Ben Simmons are best friends, really and truly. So, hey, no, don't listen to this guy. Hey, no, I know, I know, I know, I know Shaq. Ben Simmons, Slada, and Shaq, yeah. Handshake emoji, bro. Handshake <laughs> emoji, bro. Cool. Yeah, no, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Good, good to see you both. Um, before we get into the main part of the pod, I wanted to just have a quick roundup of the NBA news this past week. Um, I'll start with a couple of sackings, which we, we never like to see, but we know what the NBA is like, cutthroat business. Um, so Portland have cut ties with Terry Stotts after nine years. Um, their fourth first round exit in the last five years. Mm. So think, yeah, yeah, the writing, the writing was on the wall in oh, regards to that. Like this for Dame, yeah. yeah. Uh, also, um, Steve Clifford. Ah, interesting. <laughs> we'll get to it. Steve Clifford has been sat by the Magic um, after three seasons, led them to the postseason his first two seasons, but he, he's had a couple of injuries. Lost Aaron Gordon um, this this season as well. Um, and basically, the 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 vibe I'm getting from the messages that came out is essentially the direction they want to go in and the direction he wants to go in are not aligned. So, obviously, they're now a rebuilding team. Steve Clifford has proven to be a, a good defensive coach with that magic side, so probably trying to hang around and see if he can get a better job in the league. And also, um, Joel Embiid, questionable for Game 1 with the Hawks, which is tonight, for those of you who are listening on the Monday, uh, Game 1 would have been played already. So, just I'll start with you, Disu. Uh, you seem like you wanted to say something about the Trailblazers. I'll give you the platform to say it. No, 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 no. It's just interesting. Even though Dane's my boy, I, I never knew that Dane um, got bounced in the first round four out of five years. It's just interesting. That's all, that's all I wanted to say. That's all you wanted to say. Okay, I'm going to come across to you, Shaq. I mean, in regards to that, I mean, the level of opponent that he has, you know, some of it's Steph and then CJ's been injured or he had family issues through that. Whereas other people were getting knocked out by like Ricky Rubio and whatever. 
So it's like, yeah, I, I hear that still. Uh, I but, can't lie. Um, Anthony Davis, the only playoff series he's ever won without um, the best player of all time was against was on Dame's head top, and it was a sweep. It was a, a 4-0 sweep, and they were actually the lower seeds. I mm. just wanted to throw that out there, brother. And, and then, they just lost to the Denver Nuggets without two of their four key players. And then you, when you see what you said four or five years. In that one that they actually went through, who was it against? This boy good. This boy good. For those of you who don't know, it was a uh, game seven uh, buzzer beater from mm. Dame against uh, OKC. Essentially, okay, just okay, they got us down in five, bro. <laughs> was, in five. Was, it, was it game five? Yeah, bro. It was in five. <laughs> yeah. My bad, my bad. And that, that, that split up the Paul George and Russell Westbrook OKC team. That uh, brought Paul George to the Clippers and has basically turned Russell Westbrook into a bit of a journeyman. So Dame uh, ended, ended a franchise there. Um, and just quick thoughts on um, the Orlando Magic and Steve Cliff. I don't imagine you guys have watched them much this season. They are a really, really hard watch. They lost Vucevic as well. Um, which I didn't mention at the top of the pod. Um, I like him. Yeah, he's a, he's a good player. Yeah, um, he's the reason I watched them, and I wanted to see if Fultz was still a bum, but he actually played all right this year as well. But um, yeah. again, with Orlando Magic, I, I don't care. I don't. I don't care. I don't, I don't care. They're not gonna I, 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 think, I think it's interesting that um, where you get um the the dynamic the dynamo between. Okay, cool. We can compete. We could probably make playoffs, but wait, we're going to do anything in the playoffs versus let's go to full rebuild, see if we can reload and actually be a contender eventually. So that, mm. that dilemma I've always find interesting. And I just feel like certain franchises, it's not in your, it's not, it wasn't written for you, man. You see it? Like, it yeah. was not written for you, man, to be contenders. It's very difficult, especially if you're not a free agent. Destination. Destination. So, yeah. I, I, I think there needs to be some, in my opinion, there needs to be some sort of value in being a good basketball team that your fans can get behind, buy jerseys. And then, yeah, you may get bounced out in the first round by like the Nets or the Bucks or the Heat or whoever's a top dog in the East, but you're still competitive. You fill out like the stadium. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. I, feel like I think there's still some value with that. I think it can't there always is. be rings or bus like do you know what I mean yeah yeah I think that's American sports culture isn't it and we see we see over here that you can have fans who will get behind teams just because they enjoy watching that team they have some great players on that team that will probably uh, apply to the Portland Trailblazers I, I don't think I would personally say that um same time there hasn't been a success but it's been um, a, based, I, yeah I, yeah but based think... on the ring culture he hasn't won a championship so therefore he hasn't been a success and he, he's not a top player so um th- there's a bit more work to be done in, in regards to our american brethren in, in in that sense but obviously with the magic <laughs> Vucevic leaving you got faults had a major injury um yeah faults had a major injury aaron gordon went to the denver nuggets as well yeah. um Isaac, Jonathan Isaac also had a major injury. So there really wasn't much for, for, for him to work with this season. They they looked off the back of last season, like with all their main guys back, they could have probably caused some issues in the East. But yeah, it wasn't to be wishing more the best. I think he'll probably end up getting a role uh, really soon. Um, and finally, Joel Embiid ahead of game one. Obviously, he injured himself in game four of the series against the Wizards. Um, I'm sure you didn't take any joy in that, Disu. Um, but with his long injury history, he is looking questionable um, for starting tonight. Um, what are our thoughts? What impact could that potentially have on the series? I think the Hawks surprised a lot of people in their in their series with the Knicks. Um, but without MVP, MVP, 
didn't surprise you. All right, boss. Um, without without MVP candidate Joel Embiid, what impact do we see that potentially having on the series early well, on? Anyway? Firstly, well, I'm not sure if you're trying to imply that I was happy that Embiid got hurt in the Wizards series. I, I don't trust you, brother. I don't trust you. So I want to put it out there. I wasn't happy. I had absolutely no hope that the Sixers um, were... I had no hope that Washington were going to win any of these games. Yeah. So I was just out, I was just out there vibing. Um, now, for in terms of this series, I think it's going to have a major impact because I think Embiid makes it difficult for Capella, whereas like against um, the Knicks, Capella could just rim run, like dominate in the paint, get his rebounds, get his alley-oops. And when you when your guard is something like Embiid, you can't just like kind of like sit deep in the paint, get the rebounds and run. Like with Embiid there, you have to follow him out to the three-point line. You're gonna have to do a lot of defensive work. Now getting the rebounds is gonna be a lot more of a battle. So, and when you look at the Knicks, I don't think they had a big to the same level as Embiid. And also mm. what Embiid brings you on both ends of the floor, he's obviously their best scorer, he's an excellent defender. So a lot of the, their sets they run through him. And now without Embiid, you're taking like in between 27 to 35 points per game off the board. Now you're asking other people to step up consistently. And if you say who's the, hold on, put my phone aside. Their second best star is, is Ben Simmons. But this nah. guy's out here averaging 14, like he's out here averaging 14 a game. Like, but we don't, hold on, hold on. I'm not going to, I'm not going to let that Ben Simmons slander. Just, hold on, Shaq, Shaq, hold on, hold on. Okay, I know you're waiting to, I know you're waiting to load. I know this is loaded. We do know that whenever MB does sit out and then, uh, ben Simmons goes uh, into the into the paint and it's a sort of one in four out system with the shooters around him that he has his best games. He has his best games. We know that, and we know that his game and MB's game just tends to clash. So really, we know he's a, he's a, he's a paint player playing on the perimeter. Still hasn't developed that jumper or any kind of consistent scoring from the outside, which means that yeah, he, he is easy to defend against in the in the playoffs. Um, but yeah, you were mentioning Tobias Harris there, Shaq. I think this is where. People will forget that they were meant to make a big three in Philadelphia and Tobias Harris was meant to be part of it. And it's meant to be Embiid, Tobias and Ben Simmons. And Tobias Harris is a scorer. When Embiid was out early on in the year, like near the end of the season, actually, he was putting up 30 points and he had a young 27 sometimes and he'd put ball in hoop at times. He's a bit inconsistent with it. It's like shades of a Paul George in a sense and he's reluctant to shoot the three. But where I think it... Uh, where I think Philadelphia, well, we in Philadelphia will be okay, is the... <laughs> where, where us Philly fans have um, faith is in defence. Because Trey Youngs is a small boy, cold. Mm, yeah. Put Ben Simmons on him. Cool. Dre, Danny Green could do a job because he's taller than him as well. Five John, balls as well. Yeah, five ball to an extent. Tobias Harris is good defensively. John Collins, as much as I like John Collins and... I was speaking about Atlanta Hawks at the beginning of the season on the pod as well. I feel like he's a bit weak in, like, sometimes where you're a big man, just try and dominate, but he won't. He'll try and pull up on the key or something like that. And it's like, he'll probably drop 10 points, maybe a young 15. Philly can still take it without Embiid. It just makes it a lot harder because someone like Capella is going to snatch all the boards. But if they start bricking, they're going to be bricking. Like, it's one of them ones. Cool. So you so from your perspective, Shaq, you think Philly have a, a good enough margin for error that even without MB they, they should be winning games against the Hawks. I'll put it down like Danny Green will shoot, will get free threes. Seth Curry will drop at least 15 points. To Tobias Harris will probably get young 25. Ben Simmons, who knows which one we're gonna get. Um 
I ain't putting no bet on that guy. <laughs> I can't put money on Ben Simmons. I'm no, sorry. no, do nothing with Ben yet. If Ben could be a 75% to 80% free throw shooter, then it won't be as bad because you can just literally just get him going downhill. But now, to a point where man are fouling you, yeah, man yeah. are fouling you in the fourth quarter because they don't believe you're gonna make shots. And and I was watching like a lot of Lannis about it. it's not. It wasn't the same as like Dwight Howard and Shaq in the dominant days because you still had to give them the ball. Ben Simmons yeah. always has the ball, so they're always gonna foul man. So I think he's gonna have to be able to make down free um free throws, and he's gonna have to be able to get to the rim at will. But I think what Shaq raised was a very good point. Philly are a great defensive team, so if they're defensive, if they top, if they force Hawks into loads and loads of jump shots and making tough jumpers, then they can win games on defense alone. Especially if Harris and um what's his name and Seth Curry get going, Green gets hot in a couple games. I think if if they can get like a good if they can get like 18, 18, 9, and 8 from Ben consistently with above 60 to 75% free throw shooting and Tobias Harris was consistent 25 point scorer, I still think they could beat the Hawks without Embiid. But yeah, there's too many. There's too the many. The Hawks um, have a lot of pieces. We know they've got we know they've they got Trey. We know they've oh. got they got yeah. Bogdanovich, they got John Collins, Capella's gonna enjoy in the pain. You got DeAndre Hunter as you got DeAndre Hunter as well. You got Gallinari coming off the bench. Mm, Gallinari. Um, it's gonna, it's, yeah, without Embiid, it becomes more interesting for sure. Um, and hopefully he, he gets back so, soon, sooner rather than later. Um, with, with that being said, let's get into the, the main bulk of the pod. Um, let's start with the game that was played yesterday. Uh, game one at round two. The Nets versus the Bucks. The Nets came away with a hundred and fifteen to hundred and seven win. Um, top, top of top of the, the line. Um, James Harden coming out after a minute. Looks like he's injured the same hamstring that kept him out for twenty odd games during the regular season. Disu, aside from the result yesterday, what impact do you see that potentially having on the rest of the series? James Harden being out. Okay, so James Harden out of their uh, main guards is probably the best defensively, for one, and he's one of the ones with the most size. That's one. Two, he's their best playmaker. So if if it gets to a point where um, Bucks aren't allowing them to get out in transition and force them to execute in a half court, that they're going to miss him. Of course, he's he's a fantastic scorer. He could break down any form of defense. So I think that's like I think that would be like one of the main impacts of no James Harden for a prolonged period of time. And the playmaking is so important because the Bucks, I mean, not the Bucks, the Nets tend to settle for a lot of jump shots. Obviously, yesterday it was working. Like, Blake Blake started to go off from three. Harris, if you're going to sag off Harris, like, are you crazy? Like, he's going to make... Kyrie's, is, Kyrie's Russ got Kyrie, bro. Like, if he's yeah, in that mood, there's no point. Yeah. There's no point. But I feel like that's... And KD, I'm not going to talk about KD because it's a waste of time. But um, I think there's going to be some games in the series. I was talking to one of my boys um, before the game. I think there's going to be some games in the series where Drew Holiday might have Kyrie in jail. And if they don't have Harden, you well, you don't think so? I know, bro, Holiday could play defense, you know. He might have Kyrie yeah, he's, in jail. He's, no, no, no. He's, a, he's, he's all NBA. He's one of the okay. best defensive guards in the league. It's not cute. You, cute. Show, you show him some respect. Um, obviously, obviously, we saw yesterday that without Harden, they were still able to get it done. It was very much a game of like, I wonder if you say two halves, but even like within the first half, it seemed like the Bucks initially were looking really comfortable. Then the Nets decided, actually, hold on, we're going to play some defense. Um, KD, he, he he's underrated on the defensive end, I'd say, at, at this point. I mean, you, you forget he's actually a good plus defender, loses his range, his length and his mobility on that end really well. Um, and then in the second half, it kind of, yeah, 
Brooklyn look pretty comfortable. So we'll see how they adjust to things. I wanted to no, ask you. Disgusting, man. Yeah, first person I wanted to ask you about. Throughout the season, I've made the point that they'll kind of, as much as we have our questions and our tribulations about Giannis, he's going to, in and around, get his points. Probably in the playoffs, it's going to be less efficiently than he does in the regular season. But where you have Chris Middleton as your closer and your guy who's an efficient scorer from all over the court, they need him to be more aggressive in the playoffs where the defence gets tighter, people are scheming, taking away your first and second options. Um, and game one wasn't a good look from Chris Middleton. What do you want to see from him going forward in the in this series if the Bucs want to be successful? So I wouldn't say that he needs to be more aggressive because yesterday was more aggressive. I think he's yeah. just because he shot 23 times. He just made six. Like he was forcing it a lot. And that was the problem where I'd say... He needs to just stick to playing your game and do. My example of it is um, last year in the playoffs when Yanis <clears throat> when Yanis got injured against Miami Heat, he said, "All right, cool. Now I'm just gonna play my game. I'm gonna play a scores game. Take a step in mid range. Maybe shoot the three. I think he shot the three like four or five times that game. But in this one, you've shot five times and you like the first three were in the first quarter. Bro, just relax. Like you're forced. He forced a lot of shots and a lot of looks. Like get to the rim. It's one of them ones. Like, but for me." I'd also just just going on this point. I think James Harden being out helps Kyrie a bit more, where he can show his game, and it, it will. The Nets will be fine, in my personal opinion. We'll be lucky to not see a sweep, if I'm honest. But Middleton, really, I, I, really, yeah. I thought I thought this was gonna be an interesting series. I had the Nets going in six, and I still think the Nets can still beat the Bucks without Harden, as mad as it is, simply because if you have two people who can literally go supernova when it comes to scoring, it's a scorer's game, isn't it? And if man yeah. are getting buckets on you when you're playing good defense, not only are they getting the points, but it's also disheartening to your team that we play this defense, we did a half and we still can't. Yeah, and we still can't. PJ Tucker was playing on KD, he was making them work tough shot after tough shot, but KD was still dropping. I've, my thing with Middleton was exactly what Shaq said like, I like the aggression, but like, know your game. Do you know what I mean? For example, like Harden and Kyrie and Durant. They're, in my opinion, they're three of the best five shot makers in the league. So mm. they can drive, go towards a lane, the lane gets clogged up, and they can do, okay, cool. Step, fade away jumper or little bunny hook or fake and go underneath and all that type of stuff. Whereas Middleton, he's got a fantastic shot, but he isn't like the greatest of all-round shot makers in terms of like tough turnaround jumpers and stuff like that. So I've seen a lot of like extreme, him driving, because obviously Brooklyn ain't exactly the greatest in terms of defending the paint, which I think was probably a game plan from the Bucks. But when... The Brook, when Brooklyn closed down to him as he was getting in and around the paint, he will take a very, very difficult contested shot. And you get that like five, six times. I'm like, this is not your game. Like, mm-hmm. this is not your game. Like, what Brooklyn, what the Nets, no, the Bucks are good at is when they drive, they could kick because they got shooters everywhere. So drive, yeah. kick, don't really force it. Like, if that was Giannis, that's a different thing. Giannis is like seven foot with like eight foot arms. Like, so he can have that contested little bunny hook at the rim or Brook Lopez, but not Middleton. So, Milton shooting that poorly, I think, was... And also, another thing, Coach Bud, this is the Rask Cup <laughs> playoff. Stop taking out Giannis. Like, like they were on the roll. Even though the game was fairly close, it looked like the Bucks were getting anything they wanted, but Nets were still in the game. Minutes, 35 they, minutes he played last night. The Nets were still in the game in the first 40, half. Closer to 40, man. Yeah, the Nets were still in the game in the first half simply because Kyrie was going crazy. Do you know what I mean? Because 
KD started, but he was at one point, he was like five for 12. Harden got injured, do you know what I mean? But Kyrie was going off, he was like eight for 10 at some point. And he was keeping the game. The Bucks were getting anything they wanted. But as the game went on, and obviously Giannis came out for a bit, they couldn't make buckets and the Bucks, and then the Nets started to get confident getting out and transition. So I think Coach Budge, he needs to understand we need to keep Giannis in the game for longer. Can't be doing regular season rotations. Like this ain't, this ain't a road trip on the East Coast where you've got the Wizards, the Pistons and the Magic, bro. Like these are the playoffs. Well, you got We're going to do for 40 out of 48 minutes. That's that's wild. No, you have to. Not this is, no, this is for. Listen, this is the playoffs. You see it with you see it with the Mavs. Lucas playing 40, 41 minutes. You see it with the Clippers. Kawhi's playing 40, 41 minutes. When your season's on the line, and you know, even though from your perspective, it's just 15 minutes, those 15 minutes are big, especially when they've got, they've got a couple of guys who can go off. And you've got Blake Griffin, who's also chipping in like, at the end of the day, this is not the best Blake Griffin, but he's 32. He's not 40. It might be the best he's, you get... he's shooting. Though. He's shooting. Though. It might be the best <laughs> Blake Griffin. <he's> <laughs> <laughs> this guy's no. everywhere. Oh shit. So like, you so if you're if you're Janice, if you're but if you're bud, if you're the box, you want to go down on your shield and not have any regrets. Even if you're out there and you're winded, the fact that Janice is on the court means people have to pay attention to him and they have to um defend because he's on the court and that frees things up for the other players. So yeah, for me, I want to see him playing 40, 41 minutes. It's the playoffs, man. This I, is I, what the playoffs are all about. I'd say that my main thing is where I say that the Nets have the advantage is because of people like Brook Lopez and Yanis. So like the way this is a mismatch in my eyes because the main thing we were saying when we was discussing Philadelphia versus the Nets is the Nets have no big men. So Embiid will abuse and Embiid will abuse, abuse from everywhere. Brook Lopez on the top of the of the perimeter, and if he's open, he's shooting. We know, and he can actually shoot for a big man. But you're not doing a dribble move to get inside, and he never goes inside because Yanis wants to drive in lane. So it kind of helps the Nets because there's no one to abuse them on the inside unless Yanis is driving. But then he's going to drive against a monster in KD, who, as this you said, has eight foot arms. They're, they're kind of playing into Brooklyn's hands at the moment, and with someone like Kyrie switching on to Brook Lopez, where I can either shoot the mid range, go to the rim, or shoot the three. And then KD's gonna switch on to you as well. It's I I I will not be surprised to see a sweep. I'm not gonna mm. lie. I think they wanna they probably wanna get Yanis more touches and deeper in the post. I wanna see less of him picking it up at the top of the key and initiating and being picking it up deep in the post where he's able to just use his footwork one or two one or two moves take a shot one or two this or because you're going to have a, a lot of a lot of offensive possessions as well they're still going to try and put a wall out there it may not necessarily be the most efficient wall or the most effective wall but people know that's going to work against Yanis so be mindful of where you're giving him his first touch of the possession you've got Middleton who can bring it up you've got Drew Holiday who could bring it up so use it mix them up give the defense different different looks uh, um, otherwise you're right Jack, it could be a short series I think they were they missed those opportunities where there was one time when I remember KD was on four fouls and Brook Lopez like sealed him like in and around that like, little semicircle, just chuck the ball to it because Brook Lopez like KD can't he's a great defender but he's not gonna stop Brook Lopez five, yeah. three feet from the basket. He's either gonna be a bunny hook or foul, and they yeah. they got to do the same thing. Even though to be fair to um the, the Bucks, the Nets can't really stop Giannis. Like even somebody put a walk, he's just too fast, he's too long, he gets there, but. Sometimes they bait him into the three-point shot. Giannis, stop falling for it. Don't fucking take it. Don't stop wasting possession. I want him to take. I want him to take it, man. He wants to prove a point, man. I want him to take it. 
What's I want to take it. Like, it's one of them like, me open, up for Kamehameha wave. Like, no, man. I, I want him, I want him, I can't lie to you. Though. I want him to take it, man. If they're leaving you that open, just take the not, shot, not, man. Not, not early in the shot clock. Not like, early in the put, shot clock. Granted. Up, so I'm talking, about the, I'm talking about the ones like, I'm not talking about the middle of the ball. Yeah. yeah. Let's bring, bring it up, man. Second off, Yannis is just like, come <laughs> Nah, don't, don't let them off, bro. Don't let them off. Get it to that fucking paint, Yannis, bro. Yeah, man, yeah, I got, got, really got a little dirk in the paint, bro. What's he doing? Claxton, dunk on him, man. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So, yeah, um, I'm, I'm gonna be interested to see how the Bucks adjust. And yeah, the Nets seem like their role players are pretty good. They've got guys who are coming off the bench and they're really out there doing their, doing their thing. Um, Joe Harris obviously is a known quantity. Mike James looked really good. So we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. We'll continue to watch. And then the second game, that's Fred Van Vliet arc. <laughs> and the second game today, game seven, I love a game seven. Uh, Cavs, uh, Mavs, even versus the Clippers. <laughs> yeah, they ain't seen the playoffs for a while. Uh, Mavs versus the Clippers. Before we talk about game seven, let's talk about game six. Let's talk about Kawhi Leonard. Depending on who you ask, one of the top five, six best players in the league. Um, he, he went off on the Mavs to the tune of 45 points, was it? 45 points, something like six rebounds. Um, f- yeah, 45 points, six rebounds and three assists. Stellar defensively too, um, to carry his team along with the help of Reggie Jackson. Just how good was his game six performance, firstly? Me? or Either of you. Yeah, go on. I don't care. What's your problem? I don't care. Oh, that's not why I asked you. Kawhi's so good because Kawhi finally done what the star of the team who's getting 200 mil is meant to do. Where was you in game one or two? Oh, yeah, he great. He's actually had a great series. Top 45 every game, then because Luke has been doing it on you. (laughs) Like, please retaliate. Oh, but game six, you step up, and now everyone's up in arms about you, Kawhi. No, that was, hey, okay. Shaq has been a bozo. That was a virtuoso from Kawhi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't believe you, Shaq, man. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I can, I can. This is, this is hashtag Shaq. He's one of the done it. How many, t- okay, in, in stars in the league that, we are, that we've seen in the playoffs so far, every team that's a star, has put up this amount of points at least once in the playoffs so far. Kawhi waited till game six. Top five. Yeah, he's yeah. been hooping. No, no, he's been all right, man. He's been better. He's been no, better I, I than think, all right. I think, I think there's only one game where he like actually sucked. I think that was game five. Game five. Game five, five. Game five, I believe. Yeah, game, game five. Game five shocking. Shocking. Yeah, 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 yeah. He he sucked. You, but for, for the most part, for the most part, he's been cooking. The only issue with Kawhi this series is that you're watching Luca be like, yo, yo, okay, cool. Give me Reggie Jackson. I don't know. Give me Beverly. Like, okay, give give me give me all these man and cooking these youths, yeah. And then you're I there, like you're, you're there watching them, like, damn, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> I, I got yeah, you, you, you should have you should have got your paws on him a lot earlier in the yeah, series. So, so, so that I think that's the only criticism I'll give with Kawhi. But yeah, I think that's a great performance. Um, I think what people need to understand is that the Clippers have got good help from Reggie Jackson. I think that's what's helped them in the series because he's actually played better than he's meant to. And even the Morris, I can't remember which one it is. He's Marcus. played well in the last. He's played well in their last Marcus, two dubs. Yeah. 
Paul George has actually been all right this series. He wasn't as great uh, in yeah. the last game. He's had great... No, What's for this? Game, the start we talking, I hate... I hate, I hate the second game, he was hooping. What's wrong with him? What is wrong with Paul George? Why is he like this? Like, I, I, I hate getting onto him so much because he's been so, like, candid in regards to mental health struggles and stuff. But we talk about how talented he is. He's a great two-way player. He can but shoot. He I, can I, get... I mean, he's trying to guard Luca. At least why? he's trying to guard Luca. All I'm saying is, yeah, if by God's grace, yeah, the Mavs get bounced. In fact, I actually want the Clippers to win because that's the only way that I think they could stop Chris Paul getting to the finals. But if they do get bounced, this is sick. This <laughs> yeah. is sick. I know, I know. I am who I am. I, I am who I am. Um, but if they do get bounced, I don't want people to be blaming PG because I think PG has done well for what a second star should do. That I think, and also he's been a person who's at least tried to fucking guard fucking Luca. When Luca was going brazy, Kawhi was watching man like, bro, y'all need y'all need to do better. Like <laughs> as he's standing there on the, and Tim Hardaway. Oh, um. So yeah, no, nah, I think Paul George has been all right. For me, in this series, what's been nuts to me is Tingis, Pingis, Porzingis. <laughs> I was this, just about to ask this, about... I was like, just if, about if, to ask about... If I, if I grab yeah. my hands on this guy's throat, yeah, he is making me sick, bro. Like, but do you know, do you know so what's interesting sick. to me, though? Do you know what's interesting to me when I actually observe how his teammates react to him. They don't actually look for him. They don't look for him on offensive possessions. They don't run any plays for him. He's always standing outside of the way and he'll the ball will kind of find its way to him if like everybody swings it around and he's he's open. So that tells me that they don't have any faith in him either. And these are the people that watch him in training. It's like when you watch yeah. any sort of sport, te your teammates know what you're capable of because they yeah. see what you do off the pitch as well. So the fact that they're not giving him the ball to do any damage either... That's damning. That is really, really damning because oh, he's on, he a, also made he's on a map. He made big shots, though. A big shot. That that corner free. A, a big yeah. shot. He, he made said, a big shot. If, if he, nah, he, chat, chat, chat. We're not doing this. Should I tell you why? Because the reason why it was a big shot because his bum ass at the time had five fucking points. If he had 15, <laughs> just 15, yeah? You're the second option. Just 15 <laughs> is a blowout. If he was averaging 18 points, yeah, and 10 rebounds, the series is done. The series well, is what, fucking done. But what do you want from him? Because he don't get plays because most of the plays are free. Because he's been a bum. <laughs> he, doesn't play, he doesn't get plays because he, he's not good enough. That, is, I, I'm not defending Zingas today. You kind of are. I just want to see both sides in it. I want to ask both sides. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, for me... Give my Luca some help, man. Jesus. But how when Luca wants to go all the time and he's making that play, rightfully so, but it's hard. Listen... It's like LeBron. LeBron wants to ball all the time, innit? But other band could pattern up when they're around LeBron, innit? Give him a young Kevin Love, a young 18 and 10. Or 25 here and there. Bro, man's putting up single-digit rebounds and, and points every game. He's seven for four. He's averaging, he's averaging 13, 13 points, five rebounds. He's 36% from three and he's 46% from the field. So, his, um, his, yeah. That's just why we we watch as well because when you when you read that that sounds like oh he's not he's not doing no, too no, bad. No 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 no. Thirteen points for the second best player in the team is horrendous. If Paul George when Paul George put a thirteen, we had our hand. But they got Tim Hardaway averaging second player numbers, so they they're getting exactly. the, they're, getting, they're right. getting the numbers they're getting their big three numbers um, essentially between the three of them. Um, but my my thing is what you say it's all going through Luca. What you tend to do when you have what, what what bright coaches tend to do, and Rick Carlisle is seen as one of the top coaches in the league. Obviously, he's won a championship with the Mavs. 
When you've got two stars who their games may tend to kind of clash and they, they overlap with each other, what coaches tend to do is stagger their minutes. So what happens is that you the best one gets an opportunity to lead the team. You'll take the second one out for a period of time. So then he gets some rest. And when you take the first one out, you bring the second one in to run with the second unit and he gets to be the number one option. Why are they not doing that? That's what worries me. They're not actually trying to give Porzingis the ball to do anything. That tells me that they don't think he's worth giving the ball to do anything. Hardaway's going to see it before him. Brunson's going to see it before him. Finney Smith gets more looks than he does. Um, Bo Bojan gets more looks in the in the paint than Porzingis does. And what right is going so. on? And rightfully so. <laughs> Well, I, I, I say, and rightfully so. It, don't look, Porzingis is a bum, but let's just not get onto him. He, he they win, they're doing all right. He's done all right, like you know. Mm. But there's there's other people where was it? Was it last game when they lost? No, when they lose by like twenty. I think that was game. game was it game six? Game I think it was game five. They won game five. Um, game they, they 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 won game five. Would have been game four then. I was like, everybody missed, In including Porzingis, but everybody missed. And everyone was like, Porzingis is a bum. He's like, everybody bummed out, but everyone just likes to target Porzingis because he played for New York and people have a not that because he's on max player money. He's been paid thirty million dollars a year to play basketball, so they want thirty million dollars worth of production. And you know, even if you don't give me thirty million dollars worth of production, give me twenty-five, give me twenty. You're giving me eighth man, eighth man. Off the off on the roster vibes with your with your four and a half rebounds at seven foot three. It's just not good enough. And they're locked in. That contract is locked in. He's not a tradable asset. So they're gonna need him to do something. You're gonna have to do something. It's not on. Because we know with the amount of load that Luca takes on, all he needs is a, a solid Tim Hardaway has been solid. He's been solid right. in theory. Hardaway's been good on both ends as well. He has, I, he has. I don't think he's seen before. I, I thought Finney was a bum like this season, but he's yeah. actually showed me a lot this year. He has, same, agreed. Um, they he needs a genuine number two option, and with a genuine number two option beside him, they're talking about a top four team in the West, most likely. So we're gonna he's gonna be scrutinized. He's gonna be scrutinized. Pozingas, that is. Money but, let him make let him make his money in peace. Like calm. Mm, everybody, everybody hates Chris Stapps. Like, just let him live. Everybody hates Chris Stapps. Cool. Hates Stapps, um, you know why we all hate Chris Stapps? Because he is putting the biggest pack in jeopardy. Do you know how potent a back-to-back -back Clippers pack will be? That's true, oh you know. Oh, my God. He That's is true. putting great... He is... He is. He's the only thing standing between us and fantastic NBA content. Classic so what happens next? Hawaii and Paul in Cancun with Ju Jimmy Butler. Like, Damn, what are you man doing here? And don't forget <laughs> LeBron's there as well. Don't forget LeBron's there as well. Good. I'm Westbrook too. That's a family man. That's a family man. <laughs> so so <laughs> looking ahead to looking ahead to game seven. Um, who do you guys have taken it? I'll I'll come to you first, Shaq. Um uh, Clippers. Um, why? Um, big games do big game players. I think the only person that can defeat the Clippers is Paul George. Um, <laughs> I thought he was gonna say Luka Doncic. I was gonna be like, duh. And then Paul George, he's playing against us. The only, thing, the only person that can defeat the Clippers is Paul George. But if those two show up, and Luka, who probably will show up, shows up, it's two show ups versus the versus the one. I see it happening like that. Hopefully it don't happen because you know I'm trying to get some of that pack too, but um, 
Yeah, I, I unfortunately see a Clippers win for some unknown reason. But to be I, fair, if, if Dallas shoot at a higher clip, because what people don't understand is that like Dallas take in the league, just like the league, I think they took the six most amount of threes and they still shot like 47%. So they can actually shoot at a high clip as a team. Yeah. And if that if they start going in the first two quarters, I think the game will be done quite early. But it has to happen, first of all. Yeah, game six was odd in that Luca didn't really play, that wasn't that efficient. And when you looked at the plus minus stats, I don't know how much you guys live by that. They were actually better when he was off the court than when he was on the court. Then he made a few, few buckets at the end of the game and that kind of brought his averages up. Um, no home team has actually won a game in this series yet. Every the road team has won every single game, so obviously we're we're in the staples. So uh, I guess the Mavs come in feeling a, a a little bit of confidence and a little bit of um, reassurance in that regard. Disu, are you like Shaq and you see the Clippers winning tonight, or do you think the Mavs can actually do it? Yeah, I see the Clippers winning tonight again because um, I think uh, I think Kawhi will really like double down. I think we'll I think we'll have a big game from Paul George. But I honestly won't be surprised. And also, my main thing, is, let me not lie, let me, let me throw that away. My main thing is that our seven, it's going to be seven road wins in a row. It can't be. It just fucking can't be. That's my raise views I pick at the Clippers. But I do think that what's, what I've noticed is that um, the Mavs have been shooting, up, in certain games, they've been shooting a mad high clip from three. So last game, like the difference between them and the, um, the Clippers three-point shooting wasn't that much. I can't remember the exact numbers. But if we get another, if we get another 40 plus type night from the Clippers, from, from the Mavs, sorry. Um, 41.6 from three for the Mavs, 46.8 from the Clippers. Last game? Yeah. Yeah, see, see, see that's the difference where, like, the first three games, I think the Mavs was shooting that close to 50% from three. So if they win the three-point percentage differential, which I think, I believe they would and should, I'm not sure, are we going to get another great game from Reggie Jackson and another solid game from the, from, from the Morris, one of the Morris twins? I don't know. Marcus. Marcus. <laughs> Marcus. And also, another thing is that in so far, we haven't had a mad fourth quarter from Luca so far. We haven't had it. Because maybe because he's got the gassing themselves out for and gassing, one, and, and three, because they were going to take out for one minute. Fuck it, now the Clippers going to run. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I think I think the Clippers will win, but I am really really praying for the Mavs win because Luca is where all my stocks are right now. I love that guy. Really? Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a hell of a he's a hell of a he's player. My, he's my second favorite player right now. I love that. I love that. Cool. So um, before finishing up, let's just quickly discuss um, a, the, a couple of the second round matchups that we haven't already. So we've spoken about the Bucks and the Nets and we've spoken about the Hawks and the 76ers. Let's uh, look at the Suns versus the Nuggets. So Devin Bittler, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, Jay Crowder, Michael Bridges, Cam Johnson uh, against uh, Nikola Jokic. So, um... <laughs> Hey, respect Michael Porter Jr. right yeah, now. Michael Porter Jr., man. Respect right Michael now. Porter Jr., bro. So, um, going into that series, obviously, the Nuggets are without Jamal Murray, their second-best player. Um, what, what do we see happening? I'll start with you, Shaq. I'm hoping you'll be a, me- a well-measured man here. You know what, yeah? I actually really... Well, Devin Book is one of my, my guys that I say, like, people need to watch out for. And I think you're never going to get a game where he don't show up in the in this playoffs anyway. I think Chris Paul's gonna look to abuse them in as well. But the problem is Jokic is just weird. And he's a freak of nature where he could drop 45 out of nothing all off balance mid-range shots. <laughs> and then Michael Porter Jr. will give you like 15 or 20. And for some reason the Suns could lose by three. <laughs> or something like that. So I don't know where it's gonna go. I think this will probably be the most entertaining of the series. 
that's going to happen in the second round. Um, mm. Maybe next to Bucks and um, the Nets because yeah. it's, it's, it's stars matched up. But I look forward to seeing these games because you're seeing two teams that were kind of underdogs for taking it far going at it hard and both teams play hard and good good coaching too. They shoot decent clips as teams. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll look forward to it. I hope that the Suns go through. Um, so I'm kind of tired of seeing Jokic just do a one-man job with like 3B being, 3, 3B being um, Michael Porter Jr. But also I want Chris Paul to go to the finals because I, I, I love it. I love yeah. that for you, Shaq. I love that for us. Uh, and I'm going to come across to, to Disu. Like, like uh, Shaq has just said, Jokic is a, a unique player unlike any I've probably seen since I, I started watching uh, the NBA. Plodding, slow feet, but lovely footwork nonetheless. Shoots from the weirdest angles. He's elite from three. He's elite in the mid-range and he can get to the rim. He's got the best vision of any big that I've, I've ever seen in terms of his passing. A walking triple-double. He's managed to beat uh, the Portland Trailblazers without his second best player. Michael Porter Jr. didn't have a stellar series either. Um, he had contributions from really Comparza and Austin Rivers. Um, how much damage can you see him potentially inflicting on the Suns in this series, Disu? I think he can inflict a lot of damage because he's just a fantastic player. Um, what I really like about Jokic is that he he can take on like that burden as a main scorer, but still be efficient. And we don't usually see that. We only see that from Curry... Um, Durant and LeBron James off the top of my head in terms of high volume but still really efficient and he could still create open looks for his teammates so I think he's gonna I think he's gonna be a very very difficult um ask for the um for the Suns to deal with but I don't know I just feel like the Suns without without um Murray there I feel like the Suns will just have too much I think the fact that Chris Ball could get through that series and will still have some stellar performances with a bad shoulder allegedly allegedly with a bad shoulder. Um and Booker is just fantastic player. I think I can see the Suns taking it in six or seven. Um but I'm praying, praying that my boys Denver get it done. I'm I'm a Denver fan for the next week or so. Good good luck to you sir. Uh, and obviously, we've got the Jazz waiting for the Mavs, the winner of the Mavs versus Clippers series. Um, Dissy, you said you, you're in two minds because you want the Clippers to go through because you think they'll be the team to beat the Suns. Um, but you are also a Luka fan, so you want the Mavs to go through. Um, the Jazz dealt with the Grizzlies in pretty convincing fashion. Yeah. Uh, and they, they are the number one seed. They had the best record in the NBA. Um, I don't know how much of them you guys have caught this season or this postseason. But do you think they're going a bit under the radar? in terms of the threat they provide in terms of coming out of the West potentially and going all the way? Yeah, 100%. I think, first of all, when your big star is Donovan Mitchell, not a slight to him. He's not exactly an all-NBA level player or hasn't been so far. Um, and even if you look at his position, there's still quite a few players that people will take ahead of him. And I think it's just the Jazz, isn't it? Like, they're not the most glamorous of teams. Like, even people were still like, the NBA media was still like unbelievably shocked that the Suns bounced the Lakers. And afterwards, they're like, Raw like oh injury that I think like until people see it happen they're not gonna take it in with the NBA media we're just so used to these franchises like the Celtics the Spurs the Warriors now and the Lakers making deep playoff runs so I think it's a bit of that but obviously um from I haven't I, I'm not gonna pretend that I saw a lot of that series I didn't have much interest because I quite quite I despise the Utah Jazz I wish them nothing but misery so for this series um. In terms of a team to beat them, I think the Clippers can beat them. I think 
the Jazz will probably dispatch of the Mavs pretty well because they can play some form of defense and they're quite good from three. Um, so yeah, hopefully, but I still hope the Mavs. I still want the Mavs to win, even even though I, 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 still, I still think the I think the Jazz could beat the the I think the Jazz could beat the Suns. Then I'm gonna have people telling me, "Oh, Donovan Mitchell is an elite player because they made the fucking finals." And they try to yes, and they'd be right, and they'd be no, right. They won't be right. No, Donovan Mitchell is a, a really the same shit. He is a really good player. I, like I said on last week's pod, I don't necessarily like his game, but I recognize that he is a really good player. No, he's, he's sure. a top twenty player in the NBA. Yeah, I agree. But like, they're gonna talk about him like he's a top ten player, like they tried to do with Jimmy Butler, and that was egregious. And I can't deal with another season of the same shit. Winning, people, winning is what matters. Yeah, yeah, winning is what matters. But obviously, context based because it depends on where you are. Like, mm. if Jason Tatum was playing for the for there, we'll be having a different discussion. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You see, what I'm True. saying that Clavie was playing for a franchise or getting to the playoffs off them. We'll have a different discussion. So, I know we know the whole rings and finals appearances. I, I, I don't, I don't want to hear anything about Rudy Gobert and fucking Donovan Mitchell. Don't want to hear mm. it. I, I'm not here to hear about Rudy Gobert. That I, I need the jazz out now. Yeah, amen. Like, like because they were playing, that's, gonna be a, that's a three-time defensive player of the year. You show some respect. Care. You show some respect, oh, Shaq. No, nah, nah, that guy's now. From time when I when I see when I see when Russ is rocking rocking a baby, he's six foot three. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I don't. How are you a seven foot and a six foot three guard is rocking a baby with you? And when they get him on the perimeter, it's fucking barbecue chicken. Nah, I'm not having it. I'm, I'm calling the only person I say like well done, like Mike Conley, you've done your thing in it. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, like, give you credit. Romantada, Romantada so, for Mike Conley. Joe, Joe Ingles, I cool, I see you, but go better. If it was any other center, Vucevic, Valentunas, you name it, I would say go and jazz do your thing. Rudy Gobert, impossible. What's your problem with Rudy? He's a bum, man. Yeah, and I'm that's, 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 ridiculous. Hate, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. I, I, I hate his game so I much. Him. I hate him. Yeah. He's it, offensive game, offensive game, should I say? They, I they, 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 have, they have some players that only a mother would love. I, I won't disagree with you there. Mm-hmm. And, and you mentioned this in terms of the media kind of being shocked by uh, the Suns beating the Lakers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I think I was reading that only eight players currently left in the playoffs have actually ever won a championship. So whoever ends up winning, it's going to be a lot of first-time winners. And it's a changing of the guard as well. I like, saw a tweet, Morale, that said like it had the list of all the teams that were still left in the playoffs. And it was like, Dallas were the last team to win it in 2011. Obviously, mm. um, I think Philly have won it before. They have won it, but like in the 80s. Yeah, like in the 80s. And everybody else, like... They have never. Yeah, they I have, have not won it. I think the box. I think the box won it in the seventies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, the box with uh, might be Oscar Robertson. So at, a lot of, him, yeah, yeah. So a lot of the teams now, it's going to be like first time births for a lot of teams. But that's that. That I think is lit. That's lit. I think it's lit. Chris uh, Paul. God's good. Cool. I think I'm going to end it right there. So I want to uh, thank you both for your time this afternoon, Disu Shaku. Always a pleasure to have you both on. Uh, for those of you who are listening, we do have the midweek podcasts on as well. So check that out. That comes out on a Wednesday evening. Um, if you're listening to this podcast, retweet it on your timeline, quote, tweet it, share it with a friend. If you're enjoying it, if you're a fan of the pod and you want to support, sign up to become a courtside fracker patron. And with all that being done, have a nice afternoon, guys. Peace. Peace. Podcast Network.